Welcome to the Nova Church Podcast. Thanks for taking the time to get into God's Word with us today. To find out more, you can head to novachurch.com. We are a Bible-believing, Bible-loving church, and we love the Word of God because the Word of God isn't some dead old history book that was written thousands of years ago with no relevance for us today, but it's actually alive, it's active. The Bible says it's sharper than a two-edged sword, that it's the only book that reads you back when you read it. And so when we get into the Word of God, we come with anticipation, we come with expectation that a living God is going to speak to us tonight through His Word. Can I get an amen to that? All right, well, I'm going to talk to you tonight about a guy in the Scripture Uh, His name was originally Saul, but he got an upgrade to Paul. And the reason he got an upgrade in his name is because Saul had an incredible encounter with Jesus that actually changed his life. The Bible says that Saul was known as a guy who was actively persecuting Christians. What does that mean? Literally, his mission statement in life was to lock up Christians kill Christians, suppress the church, murder as many people as possible on his way. He was not a nice guy. And yet in the middle of his journey of being on a rampage, this guy was like Rambo against the church, right? But in the middle of him setting out on a journey to try and stop the kingdom of God expanding, he has an encounter with the risen Savior because who knows that Jesus didn't stay there, that he is alive and risen today. He has an encounter with Jesus on the road to Damascus that absolutely changed his life. I want to speak a few thoughts to you out of this passage tonight. So come with me to Acts chapter 9, verses 17 to 18. Does anyone have a real Bible tonight? There's three people, in, there's three Christians in this church. I'm so glad. Uh, I'm joking. But we have a big Bible there you can have a look at. Acts chapter 9, verses 17 to 18 says this. Paul, Saul has had this encounter and now he finds himself wondering what to do now that he has realized that Jesus Christ is God, that he is alive. And he has a man sent to him on a mission from God who hears from God also. And this is what he says to him. He says, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road by which you came has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately something like scales fell from his eyes. He regained his sight. Then he rose and was baptized. Hello, somebody. Yeah, there we go. And taking food, he was strengthened. I'm going to pray and I'm going to get into the word tonight. Father, I thank you for your word. I pray tonight that you would anoint this word with power. I pray, Lord, that it would be a life-changing word that we would leave connected to you, Jesus, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Bless this time we have in Jesus' name. And everyone said? Amen. Amen. Have you ever had a time in your life where you realized that your life was never going to be the same again? A life-changing moment. We have a bunch of them. I remember when we first had our little boy, our first boy. We have three kids now. That's crazy. We just had twins three months ago, for those of you who are wondering. And uh, so we have a little boy, our first son. His name, was Gabriel, his name is Gabriel Blaze. He's the cutest little thing, my little dumpling, my little chubba. I could eat his little cheeks. They're just adorable. And uh, I remember when he was first born, I was still acting like a newly married man who did not have the commitments of having a child, right? And I remember the first time I realized that my life was never the same was when we attempted, like Gabe was probably a week old or so, and we actually attempted 
to go to a clothes store called General Pants, right? And I remember thinking, hey, this is one of my favourite clothes stores. This isn't going to be an issue. I'm still cool, man. Nothing's changed, you know? And so, so I'm like, yeah, 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 babe, let's go to General Pants. It's going to be awesome. Let's go do some shopping. And so we roll into General Pants with the pram and we get about three metres in only to realise that the pram can't fit through the rack, right? And all the staff are snarling at me like, get out of here, you old goat. You don't belong here anymore, Right? And I remember trying to, my pram is stuck and all the, all the workers are just looking at me like, <laughs> walking the other way. And I just realised, I'm not cool anymore. My life has changed, right? I have had an experience that has completely redefined how I think and how I act, right? This, this outward sign that I couldn't get the pram into the store was actually a, a symbol of something far deeper that had happened on the inside of me. It was an outward symbol that a change had happened on the inside of my heart, right? I was now a father. And because I was a father, I thought differently. I had to plan differently. I had to live differently. Because something radical had changed on the inside of me that was now affecting the outside of me as well. And the first thing that happens in this scripture when when Paul receives Christ and he has this encounter with Jesus, the Bible says that he goes and gets baptised. Why does he choose to do that? He does that because baptism was an outward symbol of something that had just happened on the inside of his heart. He had just had a radical encounter with Jesus. If you were to ask Saul, if you said, Saul, what has happened to you? He would say this, I am not who I used to be. And I'm getting baptised as a symbol that my life has radically changed. Because who knows, come on, that when you meet Jesus, your life radically changes. You are not who you used to be because you met the Saviour, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords on the road you were walking. And it changed you, come on, from the inside out. It's good news. I'm grateful that I'm not who I used to be. I'm grateful that I'm not addicted like I used to be. I'm grateful that the insecurities are falling off of my life the further I walk with Jesus. I'm grateful that I'm not the man I was five years ago. Why? Because I have Jesus, the Son of God, living on the inside of me. And that's available for every single person who would encounter Him in their life. Interesting thing happens, though, is that Saul encounters Jesus. He has this radical, life-changing situation. He gets baptised like these five awesome people are going to tonight. But then he writes this scripture here in Philippians, which describes, I think, a tension that every single person experiences in their life. We're going to read this together, and then we're going to preach. Philippians 3, 12, uh, Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 to 13. I'm going to read this in the message tonight. It says this. This is Paul writing. He says, I'm not saying that I have this all together, that I have it made. But listen to this. I am well on my way, reaching out for Christ, who has so wondrously reached out for me. Friends, don't get me wrong. By no means do I count myself an expert in all of this, but I've got my eye on the goal where God is beckoning us onward to Jesus. I'm off and running and I'm not turning back. Paul finds himself in a paradox that we all find ourselves in. The first thing he's saying is, I'm not who I used to be. It's obvious to everyone. I might be in the same clothes, with the same eyes and the same body, but I am not who I used to be. Then he goes on though and he says, even though I'm not who I used to be, I'm still not 
who I want to be. Even though I'm not who I used to be, I'm still not who I want to be. And that is the tension that all of us find ourselves in, right? We know that when we look back on life, we're certainly not who we were five years ago. God is at work in all of us, whether we know Him yet or not. But there's a tension that we come to where we go, I know I'm not who I used to be, but I'm still not who I want to be. And sometimes we can look at the distance between who we are now and who we want to be in the future. And if we're honest with ourselves, we can look at that distance and feel discouraged sometimes. I mean, I don't know if I'm the only one, right? I mean, sometimes like finding my confidence still feels so far away. Finding my freedom can still feel so far away. For some of us, finding our career still feels so far away. Finding your peace still feels so far away. Finding your partner maybe might still feel so far away. But here's the thing I want to say tonight. You might not be who you want to be, but you've got to start thanking God that you are not who you used to be. You might not be where you want to be, but we got to let a gratefulness rise up on the inside of our heart that says, I may not be who I want to be. Come on, but thank God I'm not who I used to be. He is at work on the inside of my life. I very occasionally go for jogs, very occasionally. And when I go for a jog, there is one thing that I, I love doing, and that is tracking my jog, Okay. It's like if I didn't pull out my app and track my jog, it's like it didn't happen. Is anyone like that, right? If you, if you don't track it, it's like it didn't happen. So, so I love to track it, and I'll tell you what happens. I'll be, I'll be out jogging very slowly and looking ridiculous with thighs bigger than three of yours put together. And, um, and I'll be out there running, and, and what will happen is I'll have my little, my little earbuds in, and there's a little lady on my running app, and what she'll do is she'll speak to me, and she'll tell me how far I've run. She'll be like... <laughs> Hey fatty, you've run two kilometers. No, no, not really. But she's she's like, she's like, she's like <laughs> every every kind of K, she'll be like, she'll be like, you have run a kilometer in five minutes and 46 seconds, right? Every time I, I hit another K. And what it does is it encourages you because what she's doing is she's speaking to you about how far you've come. But I was kind of thinking about this for a minute. Imagine if we had a, a running app that didn't tell us how far we've come, but how far we've got to go. You have only run one kilometer. You've still got 10 to go. Suck it up. Like you, no one would download that app, right? Because it would discourage you. But if we're honest, if, if the thoughts in our minds were an app, no one would download your thoughts because the way you think about yourself is, is about how far you've got to go rather than how far you've come. See, discouragement comes from tracking the wrong distance. Discouragement comes when you track the distance you've got to go rather than tracking the distance that you've already come. Discouragement comes when you begin to focus on how far you've got to go till you're a better husband or how far you've got to go in your job or how far you've got to go in your heart or how far you've got to go in your faith. If you want to get discouraged, just look at how far you've got to go. But if you want godly confidence to rise up on the inside of you like Paul had, you've got to choose what distance you're going to track. Don't track the distance. Come on, of how far you've got to go. Look back and track the distance of how far God's brought you. Come on, we've got to constantly remember that we are on a journey with God and that we're probably further than we think we are. You've got to choose what distance you are going to track.
I'm not as confident as I want to be, but I'm more confident than I used to be. Come on. I'm not as close to God as I want to be, but I'm closer to God than I used to be. I'm not as far as I want to be, but I'm further than I used to be. I might not be where I want to be, but thank God I'm not where I used to be. See, if the enemy could slip into your mind and get you to focus on how far you've got to go, he would discourage you from continuing the race. But it's the voice of God that says, look at how far I've brought you. Look at how much I've done in your life. I love to catch the occasional Uber ride. And when I, when I do, um, it's, it's great because, you know, it's already paid for by the time you get in the app. You know, you just download the app. Random rocks up at your house. Quite creepy when you think about it, really. In an unmarked car and you jump in. And, and uh, this is what never happens. Most of the time I'm catching an Uber to the airport because it's just not worth getting three kids piled into a car for a 15-minute drive only to come back again. All the parents said, amen. amen. So, so, so I catch an Uber. And anyway, most of the time I'll catch an Uber and you know what? They take me to the airport. It's groundbreaking stuff. I'll tell you what doesn't happen. They don't get halfway. And he doesn't, the, the driver doesn't say to me, hey... Uh, Get out of the car. I brought you this far, but you're walking the rest of the way. Like if an Uber driver said that, I'll be like, what is your driver number? Who is your boss? I'm going to call them and I'm going to tell them, but you didn't take me as far as I'd paid for. But do you know so many people think of God like that? So many people think it's God's job to take you halfway, but it's your job to get you the rest of the way. Like God will take you to salvation, but it's your job to get the rest of your life together. Can I tell you, God doesn't do halfway trips. God didn't get you to salvation and say, get out the car, now you, you walk yourself forward and get your life together. No, no, no. God's grace is enough to get you all the way from salvation right the way through to the destination that He's called you to. God doesn't do halfway trips. And, and some of you are wondering how I know this. I know this because the fare for the trip has already been paid. See, the gospel of Jesus Christ is this, that the Son of God came and paid the fare for you that you might get sent free of charge. Come on, to the destination that God has for you. Come on, don't tell me God can get you to salvation, but He can't get you to your career. Don't tell me that God can get you to salvation, but He can't get you through that marriage. Don't tell me God can get you to salvation, but He can't get you to your next. If He can get you to where you are, He can get you, come on, to where you need to be. Philippians 3, 12 to 14 says, I'm not saying that I have this all together, that I have it made, but I am well on my way. I've got to tell someone tonight, I want to encourage somebody tonight, you are well on your way. The title of my message tonight is simply this, I'm on my way. I want you to say it out loud tonight. I'm on my way. Now say it like you've got a bit of gumption. I'm on my way. Now turn to someone next to you and say, you're on your way. You're on your way. You're on your way. <laughs> Here's the thing. You might not be out of debt yet, but if God's on your side, come on, you're on your way. If you're not, you might not be done with this degree yet, but if God's on your side, you are on your way. You might not be out of this addiction yet, but if He's on your side, you're on your way. You might have broken that habit yet, but come on, if He's on your side, you are on your way. Jude chapter 1 verse 24 says, Now to Him who is able 
not might be able, but to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy. Paul's saying, I'm not who I used to be. I'm not who I want to be. But let's read verse 14 and Keith can join me. I'm going to wrap this up. I'm not who I used to be. I'm not who I want to be. But listen to this, Philippians 3.14. I press on towards the goal for the prize of the what? Upward call of God in Christ Jesus. What's the third thing he's saying? He's saying, I'm not who I used to be. I'm not who I want to be. And here's the encouraging thing for somebody tonight. He's saying, I'm not yet who I'm going to be. I'm not yet who I'm going to be. He says the call of God is what? It's an upward call. When God calls you, it's not a downward call. It's not a downward spiral. Come on, it's an upward call. There are only upwards from here is what Paul is saying. I know I might face trial and tribulation, but because I'm in Jesus, come on, there is an upward call. I'm going to ask um, Rosalind to come out. She's got a little prop for me. Here it is. Thank you, Rosalind. This is a balloon filled with helium. And who knows that when a balloon is filled with helium, there is only one way it can go. But I can drop it. I can push it down. I can smack it down. But no matter what happens, guess what? It's going up. Because of the nature of what it is filled with, it can only go in one direction. And so often the enemy would come and he wants to knock you around in life. He wants to make you feel like your marriage is never going to get better. He wants to make you feel like you're never going to make it through. He wants to make you feel like your faith is never going to be active. You're never going to get there. Your kids are never going to find God. But here is what the promise of Scripture is. The call of God is an upward call. And Jesus is to people what helium is to a balloon. When you're filled with Him, you can only go in one direction. Up, up, up. Why? Because you're on your way. I love it. Paul, Paul in the Scriptures like, even if you kill me, I'm going up to heaven. Even if the worst thing happens, I'm going up. Because I know what's on the inside of me. More importantly, I know who is on the inside of me. I might not be who I used to be. I might not be who I want to be. But God has still got more for me. I am not who I am going to be. There are better things ahead than are behind. Come on, someone better praise God right now for a God who can fill you with an upward call. Thanks for joining us on the Nova Church Podcast. We hope this message impacted you in a powerful way. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe or you can head to novachurch.com for more.